episode number 404 with Mike Rowe, part two. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. All right, guys, welcome back. If you enjoyed part one of this with Mike Rowe, then you are in for a very special treat. Again, to recap part one, we talked about why having passion for something doesn't guarantee you'll actually get good at that thing. Why people with dirty jobs tend to be happier than most other people. Why working smart, not hard, is horrible advice and so much more that we talked about in part one with Mike Rowe. And in this episode, part two, we talk about how if you can have a fulfilled life without working hard, actually the concept of working hard and how it relates to fulfillment, interesting concept, how to build a big audience without inflating your ego, Mike's view on masculinity today versus what it used to mean as a man, the truth about whether Mike was being considered for vice president this time around, and so much more. Guys, we dive in deep in this one, so make sure to Listen in, take notes, connect with Mike on social media. Again, this is lewishouse.com slash 404. So watch the full video interview back there. Check out all the show notes and information there as well. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that the U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut. If you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash Business Gold Card. Okay, quick math. The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks head to netsuite.com slash greatness netsuite.com slash greatness again head to netsuite.com slash greatness and without further ado let's go into part two with the one the only mike Rowe. do you think that we can have a fulfilled life without working hard no but why do so many people try to not do any hard work at all they just try to get by in the easy way because 
and then they feel like they're they're like suicidal, they're unhappy, they're depressed, and I'm like, because you don't work hard. People are rivers. People, people are rivers trying to get to the ocean, and the river is making its way, and there's a mountain. Well, you know, the river's not going to go over the mountain. Mm-hmm. The river's going to go around the mountain. It's going to find the lowest possible way, and that that that's why rivers look like broken snakes. You know, they right. they they go wherever the circumstances they encounter push them, right? Um, most people do the same thing. Yeah. Now, Lewis and Clark didn't, right? Lewis and Clark went west. They looked around. They saw a mountain. They went over it. They, you know, certain people aren't rivers. Certain people are something else. And and those people, to a man and a woman, uh, work hard. Yeah. You know, it's the... Again, it's 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 very hard to say any of what I'm saying right now and not sound like somebody's grumpy old neighbor on the porch yelling at the kids to get off the lawn. Right. But I'm sorry. It, it's the my granddad used to say shortcuts lead to long delays. Mm-hmm. Shortcuts lead to long delays. So we're told every single day in a, a in about a thousand different ways. Back to our earlier conversation that 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 happiness is attainable if you do this this that and that and i mean turn on any commercial right now for any financial institution you'd be happier if you could retire a little sooner Mm. if you could take a a longer vacation why work 40 when you can work 30 why work 50 if you can get by with 40 everything is geared in a very very subtle way to suggest that the reason the proximate cause of your misery is something external. Mm-hmm. It's your freaking boss. It's your crazy schedule. It's that son of a bitch down here. It's right. this. It's, it's it's victim mentality. Yeah. I I just think it's I think it's true. You know, and and I and I honestly believe that. Look, there are no guarantees for success, but the most interesting people wake up, look around, identify the hard, challenging thing. Mm-hmm. It's not about eating your peas and sucking it up and getting through it. It's about identifying it and loving it and saying that looks affirmatively. It's about learning how to salsa. That's what it's about, man. You you, you know, it's about look, look for the thing that doesn't drip with comfort. It was so uncomfortable (laughs) learning. I was this tall white dude (laughs) with everyone who you know, didn't speak English. And I'm just like, I want to learn how to dance and understand your culture. It was terrifying. It took me months just to step on the dance floor. And in hindsight, how was it informed? Best decision of my life. Okay. I mean, I okay. can go anywhere in the world. doesn't matter if I know the language or not. I can jump into any salsa club. In every major city, there's, there's salsa clubs. And I have the confidence to go speak to anyone through the way I dance. Yeah. I don't even have to ask them a question. I can just go up and, and grab their hand and dance with someone and have friends. Good for you. Honestly, I, I, I get now why people are listening to you. Because fundamentally, in my view, the, you're in on the joke. Yeah. <laughs> I think I am too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, 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 but the joke is, you know, you, you, can, you have to do the hard thing. And look, the, the, the best thing, well, one of my favorite uh, unintended consequences of getting dirty jobs on the air and being the dirty jobs guy is when I go to places, I get a chance to talk sometimes to uh, recently a, a very powerful group of men. Um, 
about 2,000 of them. Hmm. I mean, heads of state from all over the country and there's a private club and exclusive and a lot of reasons that a lot of people get a little nervous uh, around it. But this group of men uh, was the most extraordinary um, assemblage I'd ever seen. And I talked to them very candidly about dirty jobs and told some funny stories. And later, hundreds of them came up to me. These are people who run Fortune 500 companies. Mm -hmm. And Lewis, they all said the same thing. They all pulled me aside, and you know what they all wanted to tell me? They wanted to tell me about their first job. Hmm. They wanted to tell me how about, hard it was. They wanted to tell me about the time in their life when they looked down and didn't see a net. When they realized sometimes you got to make little rocks out of big rocks. Sometimes you got to pick up the hammer. Sometimes you've got to work hard and not smart. You know, they they were just so eager to to talk about that and not in a a braggadocio kind of way, but just like, you know, when when you hear truth, when you hear something that strikes you as truth, Mm -hmm. it it, it's agitating, you know, (laughs) right. Well, like when you when you hear something you believe to be true, but most people haven't heard. It's agitating and it and it and it makes you want to grab the country by the lapels and shake it. And and it's it's that it's that sense of uh, uh, disconnectedness that I think I think the country has become fundamentally disconnected from the definition of a good job, from the importance of hard work, from the importance of an education, but only in a in a in a very broad sense. We become convinced that a four year degree is the best path for the most people. And therefore, all the other options are somehow subordinate. We've just become untapped. We don't know where our food comes from. We really don't understand where our food comes from. One and a half percent of the country is feeding 300 million people three times a day. We're not impressed by that. How the hell can we be so blasé about the fact that that 30 million people are are feeding, sorry, 3 million people are feeding 300 million? How can we be so, huh? How can we flick the lights? How, How can we flick on a switch? See the lights come on and not be like, oh, my God. Blown away. Or, right. <laughs> I hit that button over there. It gets cooler. Hot. I get cold water, hot water. Poof. It's a miracle. Go in the bathroom. Flush Look down it. at what you've done. Be horrified. <laughs> hit the handle. Gone. Gone. Clean. It was never here. <laughs> right? We are so, we are no longer gobsmacked by these fundamental things. And that. That disconnect, mm-hmm. I'm talking very generally, but that, that disconnect, uh, you know, it was so real in my life when I, I went from a guy, a 16, 17-year-old kid, convinced and utterly connected to all the things I just mentioned. Then I wandered in the wilderness till I was 42 in Hollywood in New York, impersonating a host, completely just kind of bullshitting myself and anybody mm-hmm. who might be watching, just creating the illusion of competence. Yes. And then all of a sudden, oh. Now I'm in a sewer in San Francisco, crawling around, trying to get a show off the ground in honor of my granddad. And suddenly, you know, again, a long, sloppy, rambling way of saying that Dirty Jobs reconnected me to a lot of things that I believe are fundamentally important. And I don't know. I don't know what will reconnect you. Not not that you need to be reconnected, but Mm. but the many, many, many other millions of people who are not going to get a chance to work shoulder to shoulder, castrating lambs or repairing sewers. But everybody somehow or another, in my view, 
needs to get reconnected to the important things. And that's why I start and end every day with gratitude. Mm. It's something that I feel like to give me perspective every single day because I can get caught up in the stresses or the overwhelm or whatever's happening in my business. But I'm like, gosh, I'm so grateful that I am healthy. You know, I yeah. have friends without arms and legs. Yeah. I interview people who are war veterans who lose their limbs. And I'm like, gosh, I'm so grateful that I get to shake someone's hand yeah. and, and touch my girlfriend's face and simple things that I think a lot of us take for granted. And I just, Look, it's a daily practice. Otherwise, I'm going to be nasty with the best of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, listen, I'm I, I'm a little uh, Ayn Randian in that in that regard. I mean, I agree with you, but my my reasons for being grateful are are actually selfish. Um, I can't I can't feel depressed hmm. when I'm great. What do they call it? An attitude of gratitude, right? That's it. If you're grateful, yes, you can't how? be angry at the same time. That's right. It's the antidote of anger. That's right. Or fear. Or frustration. Every bad thing gets co-opted it, by gratitude. Now it gets a little, it gets a little smiley and squishy for me. Yes. We got to be careful because you. you know anything that rhymes gives me the creeps. So that <laughs> attitude of gratitude. Yes, I hear you. Hey, turn that frown upside down. Yeah. Don't, don't be buck up, little camper. You know, no, no, that 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 yes. pisses people off. Sure, but it is nevertheless true. It is. So just don't know, do it in a cheesy way. Just right? don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, execute always <laughs> execution. Everything is always execution. <laughs> I've got I've got a ton of questions I want to ask you, but I want to be respectful of time, so I just I want to ask a few more. Uh, what it, time do you have to get out of here? I ha- it, one hour from now, I have to walk behind that glass and I have to sit down and I have to start Reporting. telling stories about uh, Bering. Today it's Bering Sea gold. Mm. These guys up in the Bering Sea are mining for gold underwater. Wow, big brass ones. Yeah. Okay. So you got a little bit of time. I got all the time you want. Okay, yeah. cool. My question is, I'm writing this book about masculinity. I talked, I talked to you a little bit before about this. My, my question is, what is your definition of masculinity, and has it changed over the years? It has changed. As a kid, you know, it, you definitely won't remember this, but there's – my dad used to go to this barber shop, and they sold uh, combs in the mm-hmm. barber shop. Ajax combs. Okay. And they were just black combs like every guy in the world had. Yeah. You've seen Mad Men. Yes. So Don Draper, right? A guy who looks like Don Draper. They is, say I look like, some people say I look like. You got a little bit. A little bit. Some people. A little bit. Uh, yeah. Some people probably don't. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there was a picture of a guy, sort of like, a, like almost a little cardboard cutout, who looked a little bit like Don Draper uh-huh. and, a, and, and, and a little bit like Superman. Okay. Dark hair. Gelled, parted yeah. on the side, square jaw, cleft mm. in the chin. I mean, and um, my dad would sit there and get his hair cut, and I would just stare at this guy, knowing, you know, he doesn't look like my dad, and he doesn't look like me, but that's that's a man. Mm. That's a man. And then not long after that, we were driving up to Delaware, and we went. We were on 95, and we went through the toll plaza, and the guy who took the toll looked just like the guy on the Ajax <laughs> comb thing. And I said, Dad. That's that's a man. <laughs> and he laughed. I'm probably seven years old at the time. Sure. He goes, yeah, he, uh, he he's a man. I'm a man. Men everywhere. He goes, yeah, but I said, that guy, that, that guy was a man. And he, and he said, so you, you, you like the look of that man. And I said, well, I'm just saying. He, he looks like the man in the barbershop, the cardboard cutout. And, and my dad just laughed. And 
we didn't have a big apocryphal conversation in sure. the car about it. But I remember just thinking, you know, okay, they walk among us, these men, <laughs> and they look like that. Sure. And, and, hmm, wouldn't it be good to be one of those? Mm. So my earliest, my earliest feelings about manhood were embodied by a face I never saw really in, in real life, except, yeah. you know, it started with a cardboard cutout and except then somehow mutated booth. into a guy in a toll booth. <laughs> sure. And then, you know, all the traditional archetypes and stereotypes growing up, you know, yeah. watching, watching Bonanza, you know, yeah. I thought, uh, you know, I thought Pernell Roberts on Bonanza looked, he looked like that guy too. He, he, he was a man. Um, and then, uh, and then, all that was double downed with my grandfather who, while he didn't look like those guys, he was just a, he was so straight. He was like Abe Lincoln strong. Mm. He could take Old man strength. He, he grabbed Can't beat it. I saw him grab a, a, a pole that was attached to my mother's clothesline one day. And he, he put his right hand thusly and his left hand here. And then his body just went completely up flag parallel to the ground. It's called a human flag. He flagged it, man, and he and he held it for a long time. Is your daddy or grandpa? My 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 grandfather. Wow, my grandpa. Now again, I'm what nine, ten years old. That's impressive for. Right. So you know, I all, can't even do that for a second. Maybe yeah. I, I could do it, but I got to cheat with my elbow <laughs> right, tucked exactly. in. Yeah, yeah. He did like this. That's impressive. It's crazy. That's it's all, all man's all wrist strength. Yeah. Anyway, it, it, a very sloppy way of saying that these these images from the fifties. And my grandfather's ability to fix anything and crazy strength. Uh, and, and my dad, his, his contribution to it, just aside from having all the, the, the power that fathers have, was, uh, was, was patience. My, my father will wait you out. My father will wow. spend all day. He, he might not know how to fix the plumbing. He might not know the hack. He'll just he'll stick with it until it's fixed. Wow! So my earliest notions of manhood were this weird mishmash of my my super my strength, superhuman strength embodied in my granddad, amazing uh, facial features <laughs> involved, you know that that I knew were out there, and 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 my dad's patience. Um, that that still does inform some of some of what I think, mm -hmm. honestly. Um, and we were chatting, you know earlier about that uh oh god there was a terrible article in the new york times i forget who wrote it it was called the modern man it was called it was called the modern man and it was just a list it was a good-natured list of qualities today that define the modern man and um i mean i one of them was like you know the modern man today looks after his children's electronic devices and makes certain they're plugged in before the family goes to bed the modern man today would never own a gun. He has no reason for it. Hmm. The modern man today, and it goes down the list, and I just thought there's not a single one of these things I agree with. Hmm. So as a good-natured rejoinder, I wrote, the man's man, you know, a man's man owns a gun. He owns a gun because he knows it's the best way to protect himself and his family. He also makes sure he can disassemble it and put it back together. He's accomplished with it on the range, and he understands what safety is. A man's man, you know, lets his children learn 
through cold experience how frustrating it is when their iPhone isn't charged the next morning <laughs> and goes to bed himself the following night confident in the knowledge that they'll be better for it. Right. So anyway, that that conversation, huh. which I really just so you did, posted an article about this. I, I I posted the exact same thing with your with my rejoinders. Oh, interesting. I'll have to see that. We'll have to link it up. It's somewhere out there in the ether, but nine million people read it. Wow. What's it called? It's called. The it's man's called man. Man's Man versus Modern Man. Oh, I'll have to link You'll this up for sure. But yeah. look, again, I, I wasn't trying to make a point. I was sitting home drinking Dos Equis at right. 9 o'clock on a Saturday, <laughs> right. and I did it to amuse myself. Sure. But then like so many other things, I went on Facebook and I posted it. And then the yeah, next morning- It blew up. Right. So that, now I'm on Good Morning America talking about it. An article you wrote. Yep. Wow. Happens all the time. And was this- your truth, then everything was it more yeah. cheeky, or was it really, this is what you believe? Well, look, everything about me is is a little true and a little cheeky. Cheeky truth, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think in the same way that we can define mm. uh, what a good job means in two two thousand sixteen, we can define what a real man is. Mm. We can define what a real woman is. We can have, we can't really define it. Who the hell right, are right, we? Right. But we can talk about it, sure, and we can challenge existing ideas and paradigms and all that stuff what do you think it is now then if you said the definition of a man or masculinity what is what's a masculine man today in your mind well i do think to be fair to the times um you know there there is a measure of of femininity and masculinity uh you know i I think anything purely masculine or purely feminine is 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 purely unpleasant Mm -hmm. um but but i i think like anything else uh, at some point I mean, I think we 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 kind of all did the the goatee thing. We all kind of did the metrosexual <laughs> thing, <laughs> right? Right? We we all did that. The stingers. I don't know everything. Yeah. Look, I mean, we 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 laugh about it. There's a site I'm sure you've seen. You know, uh, the the art of manliness. Uh huh. Yeah. And you know, when 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 you look at just just the the facial hair mm-hmm. over over the generations it's mm-hmm. it's hysterical yeah i think brett is the one who owns that it's a it's a podcast as well called the alter yeah. manliness yeah you know it's a total uh quick tangent but i had a buddy when I, when I was living in new york going on auditions and doing whatever you could do he was so excited he came home and he and he and he booked a job it was for doers right so he's just a model it's a print ad and um and i said well what'd you do to get it? he said i had nothing i stand there and smile they they're 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 four of us and they're 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 going to shoot us on the stoop of this brownstone, and it's going to be a great ad. And I said, "Oh, well, I'll look for it." So the next day he goes, and there there are three other dudes, and they all kind of look like him, and they all have a goatee, <laughs> right? And they all sit down, and they're all looking like you know, the director's like, "Ah, make it you know, butch it up a little, look tough," you know. So they're all looking at the camera, <laughs> you know, like with all this attitude at the camera, you know, like this, and um. You know, there's a big doers thing, and it's a great looking shot. And there's the doers, but the caption, <laughs> the caption says, "Okay, we get it. We've all done the goatee thing. Now, can we just get real?" That's funny, doers. So, <laughs> you know, it sucks to be hired to be a punchline and, wow. and 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 not know it. It's like showing up in a herpes ad. <laughs> you know, you, you don't know it, and then you're on the subway, and you're like, ah. Crap. Crap. <laughs> I didn't need to. I didn't need Hiding to see itself, that. yeah. Right. Um, okay, so to finish what you were saying about masculinity. So. You know, at the times, you were saying ma- you, don't, there's not, you don't want too much masculinity, you want too much femininity, it's a little bit of both. I think, I think a man in 2016 has the obvious overt, and forgive me, this is sexist, but 
a man looks and acts like a man in in many traditional ways. However, the most important component is he knows who he is. And this is a, a wildly overused word, but it really matters. He's authentic. He's authentic to himself. The reason Donald Trump is where he is right now, in my opinion, has almost nothing to do with anything that's political or being discussed. It's simply this guy doesn't need this job and he's never pretended to and he's love him or hate him. He's been One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host when you get a new car or a new home your first reaction might be to say things like oh yeah or i can't believe it or booyah but what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need like a good neighbor state farm is there state farm is there with the coverage you need for your car your home and even boats motorcycles rvs and other things that matter to you with a state farm agent you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need with so many coverage options it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you and when you need ways to get help state farm gives you options there too in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game. Or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Early consistent in his entire life. And we're so starved. We're so starved to see somebody tell us the truth yeah. uh, uh, about something. At least that, how they feel about it. I, I wonder, even if I disagree with you uh, politically or socially or whatever it is, if you've made a reasonable case that's consistent and congruent with your view of the world and you happen to be uh, uh, a male of the species, then I would call you a man. You know, men own their opinions. 
they make a reasonable case for it. They're willing to be corrected. They're willing to be wrong. They're open to the possibility that their head could very well have somehow gotten up their ass. But um, they don't apologize for that. They say, this is what I think. This is why I think it. And look, when when your actions and your words over time line up yeah. in a predictable way, I just think that, you know, I mean, I hate just to assign it to a man, but to answer your question, yeah, that's a very, very, very important quality. But I also think it's a critical quality of being a woman, too. Mm. Interesting. And, yeah. And just to, since you brought it up, I heard a rumor that you were like a while ago potentially a vice president candidate. Was that – that was – in talks on social media, anyways, was that actually something that was happening, or were you, did you know about this? Or yeah, I knew. I got calls. Really, I got calls. You mean you got calls from I Trump, got ca- Trump's team, or you got calls from just random friends, like, "Hey, <laughs> no, it wasn't." It, I I never heard from anybody on Trump's side, and I never heard from anybody on the Democratic side. What I heard from were from a lot of uh, groups that started forming around a, a third party or a tri party. Um, so. Yeah, the vice presidential thing got bandied around a little bit, but I, of course, never took it seriously. Sure. But but I was interested in the conversation around a, a tri-party. Interested in the conversation, not in, I'm not your guy. Right, right. I'm not, I'm, I'm not your guy. You'll, you'll listen <laughs> and have the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in the space, and on a personal level, I, I've, I'm, I'm vested in the conversation, but on a, on a professional level, I'm not a politician, and, yeah. and I don't care to. If, if Trump was like, "I want you to be my vice president," if I win, would you have? Well, considered I w- it. I wouldn't have said no, but I would have said why. Why? I mean, I mean, I. I'll, to cut to the chase, I don't see it happening. Right. I have less experience than you, and you don't have any experience at all. <laughs> right. I mean, what are we going to do? We're a couple <laughs> of guys who hosted a couple of reality shows. What are we going to do? You know, I mean. You've you've proven, oh you know. I I am I am. How are we to run the country? <laughs> I'm a I'm an apprentice by trade, and and you're a billionaire. And I just I mean, oh my gosh. I yeah. I, it would be. It's just there. There's another movie you've never seen, Dad. It's called it's called Bullworth. Okay. It stars it's, it stars Warren Beatty, and 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 Warren Beatty is diagnosed. He's a congressman or a senator or something, and he's diagnosed with some terminal disease, and he just decides, well, he hires somebody to assassinate him. And then while he's waiting to be assassinated, he just starts telling the truth about the country, about immigration, about racism, about all these things. And he immediately shoots to the top of the polls. But now, of course, he's got a problem because he's paid somebody to kill him. And so anyway, we're watching Bullworth right now. We're watching... And I, and I don't mean that specifically about about Donald Trump. I just mean we're looking at a country who is so who's so desperate to hear something, some truth from someone, congruency, yes. something's just like my God. We're it's not this like perfect polished thing that you want to hear or that yeah. they think you want to hear, but actually what's on their mind, right? Yeah. And and look, I just make that point to say I'm under no illusions of grandeur. Nobody's. No, nobody's talking to me about running for the Senate or the Congress or or something bigger because they think I'm qualified. They're talking to me about it because Dirty Jobs had a had a component to it that every single, whether it's the gubernatorial or the general, every two years we see it play out. This 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 terrible kabuki 
on TV where the people who are running for office, what do they do? They go to the factories. They go to the construction sites. They do the photo op. I still remember Hillary in some bar in in Western Pennsylvania four years ago doing like shots of rye with steelworkers. She would never ever do. It seems fake. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Well, it seems so, manufactured. Yeah. It's the it's that it's that desperate attempt to connect with real people mm-hmm. that that's such an important part of of getting elected. What was Dirty Jobs at base? At base, it was a TV show. But what really happened? What happened was a giant connection. Yeah. Week after week after week, a guy named Mike constantly was showing up in towns you couldn't find on a map to meet people you didn't know existed to try his hand at a job that you didn't know about. What could be more common? What could be more humble? What could be more ordinary? And by the end of the day, the viewer sees that anonymous person magnified, and they see Mike uh, in a subordinate role who you know was learning and getting schooled. And then what do they do at the end of the day? They do a shot of ride. They have a beer. They laugh, they talk, they hug, they shake, and they go their separate ways. It looked like, in some weird way, that I was actually running for something in hindsight. Of course I wasn't. Right. That just happened to be the DNA of the show. Sure. <laughs> but in a world where people are desperate to find mm-hmm. something that looks and feels authentic, you were that the guy. looked pretty authentic. Yeah, you were the guy. Crazy. And I think, was it, Forbes said you were one of the top 10 most trustworthy celebrities three years in a row. Crazy. So maybe that's like, hey, we don't trust this guy, but maybe we'll trust Mike. Maybe we'll trust. Why would a guy in a sewer lie to us? Mm. Right? That's that 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 trustworthy thing is really fascinating and uh, as much as I'd like to take credit for it because I I like to see myself as fairly trustworthy um the company you keep matters yeah discovery um at the time anyway and and today still to some degree but at the time they were the number one trusted brand in nonfiction mm. at that same time I was the official spokesperson for Ford Ford trucks, yeah. Ford automobiles, I remember those commercials, yeah. Ford parts and service. This is 2009, right after Alan Mulally just said. Actually, it's 2007, 2008. After he just said, "No, no, I'm not taking the money." You know, Ford. Every other American automobile maker took the bailout. Mm. Alan Mulally and Ford didn't. Mm. So suddenly, I'm working for Ford. Ford Tough. Ford Tough. The guy, <laughs> the, the the company that said, "Nope, we'll do it on our own." Mm. We don't need your tax money. Yeah. Discovery, I'm crawling through sewers. I'm in a Ford truck. I'm with two brands that people are just loving at the time. Um, and I'm not taking myself too seriously. Yeah. So suddenly, you know. The trifecta. The, pe- the, the, <laughs> the people who test these things sure. and evaluate these things right, right. look around and say, yeah. oh, studies show he's not an asshole. So yeah, yeah. maybe we should That's get cool. him as president. Wow. So you, <laughs> That's great. Right? Nuts. Uh, so you never did talk to Donald. Nothing ever happened nope. with him. But the only thing that happened with Donald Trump, you know, I raised money for my foundation. You right. know, and and a couple weeks ago, like I'll read these short stories I do on my podcast uh-huh. at my dining room table. And one day I was wearing a robe, and you know, at the end of each podcast, not all of them, but sometimes I'll auction something off 
for the foundation. We've raised nearly $4 million Amazing. auctioning off crap from my garage. In fact, it's called crap. Collectibles rare and precious, right? <laughs> so I said, uh, somebody suggested I auction off my bathrobe. So I said, fine, it's bathrobes for sale. Because <laughs> you wear your bathrobe in your Facebook videos. I've seen it a couple I, times. Sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah. So somebody paid eight grand for my bathrobe. Amazing. So I write, hey, you know what? If, if this is how it's going to go, um, Donald Trump, why don't you send me a bathrobe, an autograph, and we'll raise enough money. We'll close the skills gap. But I also said, hey, Bernie, send me one of those rumpled blazers you wear. Or Hillary, send me some pantsuits or something. I'll uh-huh. put anything on. Anyway, nobody did anything but, but Donald. <laughs> Donald did. sent me an autographed bathrobe. And I auctioned it off the next week for seventeen grand. Wow. So, you know, I my worlds are very, very messy, but I – I do what I can to raise money. That's cool for these work ethic scholarships. That's cool, and uh, that's how I do it. Um, I'm curious about fame, and you've built this audience over time. You've got this huge podcast. You've been on a show for ten years. You're on many other shows before that. You do voiceover for every show on TV. It seems like, and every documentary. You know, <laughs> your voice is everywhere. If there's a wildebeest trying to get across <laughs> the vast reaches of the barren Serengeti, uh, the odds are good. I'm telling you about exactly. Uh, how have you? manage this audience this responsibility over time these people that trust you you know all these people that trust you in america and around the world have you been able to facilitate your own journey through that and not let it get the best of you or not let it um if you have too big of an ego or you know because i think there's a lot of people listening that want to build their audience so what what thoughts do you have on that well um early on i said somewhat publicly and and now somewhat embarrassingly that I'd sooner push hot needles in my eyes than send out a tweet or face on a book, right? Uh, and I've been called on that, obviously, mm-hmm. many times since. But when I said it, um, I meant it because I just thought it was a terrible way to curry favor. Mm. Uh, and and I just didn't, I just didn't want to do it. But around that same time, when Dirty Jobs was going on the air, Discovery said, hey, you know, the whole digital space is important to us. And if we build you a chat room, would you talk to your yes. viewers? And I said, sure. And that turned out to be um, a major, in hindsight, one of the biggest things that ever happened. Because, you know, I'd go to Oklahoma City and I'd work with, you know, wildcatters during the day. And I'd mm-hmm. go back to my Motel 6, completely just 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 beat to hell and dying. It's awesome too tired to even take a shower but i'd lie down and i'd log on and fans of the show would ask me questions wow. and i'd answer them and we started having this very very uh, robust conversation in this little chat room and over time um a million threads evolved from this over time but in the beginning what i started doing was saying who do you know that has a dirty job and why should i go see them and so Halfway through season one, Dirty Jobs started to be programmed by the viewer. And that relationship happened in that little oh, chat room. That's cool. It was like your casting. That's exactly what it was. Wow. And, and so what, what that led to hmm. was a, you know, a, a call at the end of every episode of Dirty Jobs. Go to the chat room and share your... Exactly. Hmm. And so now I'm having actual conversations, but not just about the show. I would talk about anything. Hmm. I was utterly transparent. Hmm. I was talking about my most important characters in literature. I was talking about the changing face of the modern day proletariat vis-a-vis the digital divide. I was talking, we're 
dirty limericks, anything, right? And it was always happening, usually in the middle of the night from a Motel 6 or a Super 8 or some some little pit of despair off the frontage road <laughs> in some godforsaken town. And so I became very close to the viewers of the show. And one day on, I think, the Today Show, um, somebody... I don't know if it was Matt Lauer, Charlie Gibson, one of those guys said, what's it like working for the Discovery Channel? And without even thinking, I said, oh, I, I, I don't work for the Discovery Channel. And they said, no. And I said, no, no, I, I work for the people in the chat room. I, I work for the people who watch the show. Mm. And that wound up mutating into some sort of headline. And it, it caused a little bit of grief with sure, Discovery. Sure. Yeah, like, but actually, not much. Not much. Yeah. Because, you know, I said the same thing about... A, about every show I've ever worked for. You work for the audience that's watching it. You 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 work for them. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. And 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 the and the minute you don't, well, it doesn't mean the world's gonna come off the right. hinges, but They're if you're gonna you, stop watching. That's right. There's a there are a couple things between your paycheck and your performance. Yeah. And the big one is them. Right. And so so to to start equating your your paycheck with something that has nothing to do with your audience that's a that's a fundamental mistake that a lot of people i think in my line of work make um so jesus what was your original question i'm I'm (laughs) like forrest gumping my way through this whole thing i apologize have you uh managed um yourself through building this audience over time you know without letting it get the best of you or by that but by, by by simply never forgetting that every every good thing that's happened to me from relationships with Ford and HP and Master Lock and Caterpillar. I mean, there have literally been 14 Fortune 500 companies to running a foundation to a TV show that launched 32 other shows to the shows I'm working on now. To But every single thing, uh, if I if I really walk it back, aside from my grandfather and everything else we talked about, goes back to asking a viewer, what do you think? Hmm. What would you like to see? You know, and I'm sure you do it here. Absolutely. I mean, right? You're very yeah. social with this, but yes. it doesn't do you any good to interview people your audience doesn't care about. Absolutely. I, I mean, I hope they're vaguely interested in me, but of course. But you know what I mean? Of you, course, you, yeah, yes. So I'm very protective of my audience. I get pitched all the time for people that want to come on and be interviewed or want to promote their book or whatever. And I, you know, I'm like, this is the school of greatness. It's not the school of pretty good. It's it's not or the school, school of average, you know, or the school of your agenda. Yeah, exactly. It's like. <laughs> I have to think, like, will all these people love this or will a majority of them get a lot of great information from this idea yeah. or this person or whatever? You have and, to – look, if if you truly believe you work for them, yeah, then 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 you really it's, – it's not about abdicating your, 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 your pride or being subservient to them. Mm-hmm. You know, no boss wants a kiss-ass. Right. No good one wants a suck-up. Uh, but – no boss wants to be disrespected either. Yeah. And it's so easy in our business to forget that. Mm. And so, so, you know, here, look, I'll tell you a story about this dog. This dog comes home from the pound, right? And, and I don't know what the heck to do with him. Um, <laughs> you know, he's in a, he's in an apartment where there are no dogs allowed. And I, and I, and I got the dog and, and I just, um, I love him and I didn't know what to do with him. So I take some pictures and I, and I put him on Facebook, and I say, "I got a new dog. What do you? Uh, what should I name him?" And the next morning, I get ninety, ninety-four thousand suggestions. <laughs> so, 
So I take the top six, and I take a pee pad, and I unfold the pee pad, and I set up a time-lapse camera, and I wrote the top six names, one in each square. We called it Puppy Poop Bingo. So the deal was, whatever name he he crapped on. That's his name. So he crapped on Freddie. So that's Freddie. The moral of the story is not to get a dog and not to set up a camera and let him crap all over a pee pad. It's to ask the people you work for what they think. And so, you know, for what it's worth, I, I get three, four million fans on Facebook now. Yeah. And among many, 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 many other things, um, hundreds of thousands of them know that story. And they know that I have a dog now whose name is Freddie because of them. And wow. consequently, every Friday, you know, Freddie weighs in with either a photo or his view of the world. He's a, a smart aleck. But Fridays with Freddie mm-hmm. becomes a thing. And... And so, I don't know. It's a, again, it's kind of a squishy way of saying somewhere between the content you're creating and the beast you're trying to feed uh, is is an engine, mm-hmm. and and that engine um, spits out ideas, right? And and those ideas are who you really work for. Yeah. And they come from your listeners. I love that. It's a great analogy as well with the dog. What do you feel is missing in your life? You've created so much. You've you know you've got this wealth you've got the audience you're doing the work you love it seems like you mm-hmm. seem extremely fulfilled in the work you're doing is there anything that's missing not really i mean well that's a great question because it's impossible to answer without sounding either glib or uh what do they call it uh supercilious mm-hmm. right i no, there's nothing missing from my life, Lewis. You see, every <laughs> every possible thing is just uh, they're roses. Yeah, yeah. Um, I could I could tell you that there's not a single thing in my life that couldn't benefit from massive action and mm. and and real improvement. But I can also tell you that I don't have any regrets at all. Yeah. Um, you know, I I I went a different way. You know, I'm a I'm a serial monogamist. And um, I don't have kids. And part of the reason I don't have kids, I think it. Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this. Assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning Pivi Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've learned the hard way that constantly holding on to your emotions and repeatedly choosing to not talk about your feelings will only make you feel worse and worse. And up until about 10 or 11 years ago, I was afraid to talk about my trauma that I experienced. And I know we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. But therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-E-W-I-S. It's because I'm selfish. You know, my, my parents did in my view, an amazing job of raising three boys. And of course I grew up right next to my grandparents who did an amazing job of raising two girls. And I'm just surrounded by amazing examples of what it takes to be a great parent. And, and honestly, I, I I don't think I can measure up. It's a lot of work, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of giving up what you want. Yeah. And there are days when, you know, I would never say I regret it, but there are days where it's obvious now. I'm 54 years old. And, you know, you tell yourself, you know, through your 20s and 30s, there's mm-hmm. nothing but time. And you can always, right. always, always, always go another way. Um, and now, no, I don't think so. This is like you'll you'll see this when you go to your to your 25th high school reunion. Right. I don't know if you go to those things, but I haven't yet. Well, 15 was just the other year. So Right. Okay. Good for you because you were born in 83. Um, but <laughs> we were both born in March, by the way. I was March 16th. March 18th. Yeah. March 18th, really? Yeah. yeah. I think it said March 6th on your Wikipedia page, I believe. Uh, yeah. March 18th. I wouldn't use the word believe in Wikipedia uh, yeah, in the same course. sense, but, uh, but at least I got we're my both name. We're Pisces. Right. We're Pisces, so we're all sensitive and whatnot. Very intuitive, yeah. sensitive, yes. But I'm, I'm getting toward the cusp there, getting uh-huh. into, uh, what is it, what's the next one? I the bull, Aries or something. Yeah, else. sure. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, what were we talking about? <laughs> Great question. I was just, <laughs> I just forgot now. Oh, regrets. I've had a I few, guess. but then again, about kids, kids, kids. Yeah, no kids, no kids. Um, but you know, it's it's everything has a way of coming back around sooner or later. And you know, we were talking about QVC and how I completely left it off my resume, and now it's one of the things I talk about uh, more than anything else. Mm. The Boy Scouts, right? I went through the scouting program. And it was hugely important in my youth. And uh, after I got my eagle, uh, I was 17 or so, I, I didn't think about it for another th- mm-hmm. for another 30 years. Wow. And then when Dirty Jobs started, word got around that I had gone through the program. And somebody asked me if I would uh, write a letter of congratulations to their – actually, no. Somebody asked me if I would write a letter of encouragement to their kid who was two merit badges away from getting his eagle scout. Hmm. And they asked me to do this publicly, uh, you know, on, on, in the chat room that we were talking about. Right. And, um, you know, there I am again drinking a couple of uh, Negro Modellos one evening, and I get this letter, and I just decide to respond, you know, publicly. And I said, look, no, I'm not going to say anything to try and encourage your kid. Mm. Um, but I will tell you this. Statistically, he ain't going to make it. And when he falls short, he should take great comfort in the fact that he's with the crowd. Mm. Only one in a hundred is going to punch through, and the Eagle Award is not designed to be a trophy for someone who needs to be dragged across the finish line. If 
he is not interested and you have been unable to inspire him, then it's entirely possible that he's just supposed to be one of the majority. Right. Well, that letter wound up getting posted all over the place. Hmm. And the Boy Scouts reached back and said, you know what? That level, no one ever talks publicly about that. And this was before the whole everybody gets a trophy. Yes. Or at least that turn of phrase had come about. Mm -hmm. But the sentiment, right, the sentiment was alive and well with helicopter moms and soccer moms sure. and, and self-esteem and everything else. And um, and the scouts, to their credit, really liked what I wrote. And then I started getting many, many, many requests to congratulate kids who did make their eagle. That's cool. And so I had a letter that I sent out about that, and that made a big thing. And the point is, I don't have kids, but there are three million Boy Scouts now who – you know, they're like in my world. Right. And they're a couple, uh, 600,000 future farmers of America, right? right. And, and Skills USA. So I'm up to my neck with three of the largest youth <laughs> programs in the country. You're giving. Well, I lot. mean, yeah. I mean, I, I'm trying, mm -hmm. honestly. You're um, doing your best, yeah. And, and really, no, no organization's perfect. Mm -hmm. but, but I think the country. The country needs organizations like that yeah. for so many reasons. Right, right. You know, the, the situation at home for a lot of people is a mess. Sure. And and when you look at, you know, how vocational education has been totally sucked out of high schools, you know, these organizations uh, filled in that space in a lot of ways. So I'm a fan. What are you most grateful for in your life recently? Um, I got to tell you, I... This will really, really sound ham-fisted and a little pandering, but I'm I'm really flattered by the way I, I don't know you, mm. you know, uh, but I like you and I like what you're doing on your podcast, and I like the fact that you reached out. Mm. I like the fact that I have a seat at the grown-up table. <laughs> you know, I'm not interested in politics, right. but I, 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 it's very, very gratifying to move the needle. Yes, and so. I have a little foundation. It's modest by most standards, but we've trained four, maybe 500 kids and grownups. What's it called? MicroWorks. Yep. So MicroWorks um, focuses on jobs that exist that people aren't excited about having, and it awards work ethic scholarships to people who are willing to retool, retrain, relocate, mm -hmm. and learn a skill that's in demand. So I get letters every week from people from living up in uh, North Dakota or down in the Gulf who are making 140 grand a year welding. Amazing. $200,000 a year working on heavy equipment. Amazing. Right? Who who didn't who barely made it out of high school. Barely. And so, you know, when you hear from kids, I just got a letter from a kid named uh, Jake was his name, 26 years old, working up in uh North Dakota. Family lives in Kansas City. Just had a second kid. Paid for his house in cash. Hmm. Right. Actually quit his job to freelance on the high planes because he can work as much as he wants. Is it perfect? No, mm -hmm. he's not home every night. He comes home uh, every three weeks for a week. Right. But what he's doing for his family, in my opinion, is somewhere between noble <laughs> and heroic. Yeah. I mean, there's a 26 year old kid with no college, no debt, who's saving money. And situating himself and his family for a future, and I, I just think that that's a um, 
I just think that's a, a back to your earlier question. If I were to give a better answer to what a man is, mm-hmm. it's that. It's that. It's 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 a combination of sacrifice and and humor and uh, fearlessness, you know, mm-hmm. and and that quality really can exist in either gender. Sure, uh, and has no has no age requirement to it, but that's. That's my better revised answer. Okay. You know. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I like it. And you're grateful for? I'm grateful for the chance to tell you that story. Mm. And I'm grateful for the chance to be a cipher or an avatar. Yeah. Or a, I'm working on a new show now. I'm trying to sell it. But it's it's the working title is called People You Should Know. And I know it's it's probably very similar to the mandate that drives your guest selection. Yes. And, you know. Look, there are, what, 8, 9 billion people walking around the planet. Right. Studies show that some are better than others. <laughs> some, yeah, yeah. some are more Support interesting. Support groups show. <laughs> Support groups show that the vast majority of these people, you don't want to be caught in an elevator with. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but, but some of them are remarkable. And, yeah. um, and I, I've tried on dirty jobs, and somebody's got to do it, uh, and with my own little podcast to – to introduce you to some, and I'm going to try and do that again with another show. Uh, but but a kid like Jake, you know, he he would be the guest, the the kind of guest that I would like to have, not exclusively, of course, but you know, but you can't, you just can't look through or past a man like that. Yeah, uh, quality it, man. It's just too important. Yeah, you know. But back to my granddad, you know, when he was in his prime, he was seen for what he was, um, a fixer, a provider, and a, and a great intellect with no formal education. Today, that, ex- that, that same man at that same point in his life with that same set of skills would be transparent. Yeah, He would be invisible to our society. We wouldn't know how to value him, and we wouldn't know how to talk about him, and we wouldn't know, um, we, we don't know where to put him. Yeah. So you went to the seventh grade and now you can build a house. Well, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> right. You know, and what a shame. Hmm. What a shame that one of the smartest people that, that I ever knew uh, today would be more or less relegated to the you know, yeah. tough break pile. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, we've got to wrap it up. i got a couple final questions for you. But I I feel like I could talk to you for hours and just listen to your story. So I appreciate everything you've been sharing. It's, it's my been pleasure. Awesome. Thanks. Um, but I want to make sure I get you out of here in the next five minutes. This is one of the questions that I ask everyone at the end. It's called the three truths. Oh, God. Three truths. So say this is the last day for you many, many years from now. Yeah. Right? Great. You've, you've said everything you want. You've done every show you want to do. You've mm-hmm. written books. You've president. Whatever you want to do, you've done it. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, everything you've created has been erased, and no one has record of what you've said anymore or what you've put out in the world. The shows, it's gone. Mm-hmm. And everyone's there. It's the last moment for you, and they give you a piece of paper and a pen. They say, will you write down your three truths, the three things you know to be true about everything you've done that you would pass on to us since we don't have anything else to watch or listen that, you, that you've done in the past? Your three lessons that you would pass on to us. Wow, dude. That's that's so much more involved than <laughs> Sorry, you're no on problem. a desert island with three movies. Um, and this is what's coming up for you right now. Obviously, you know, you're you're basically saying 
give me three examples of the best advice. Yeah, three principles that you would pass on to okay all the Boy Scouts that are you know there. Uh, you know anyone who's who um, wants to read them. Sure. Um, find the hard thing and do it. Be wary of all earnestness. That's actually not mine. That's from my favorite fictitious character, Travis McGee, created by John D. McDonald. Some more books you haven't read, damn it. But you're going to have to read. Read read The Deep Blue Goodbye, written okay. in 1964. It's pulp fiction, okay. but it's great pulp fiction. Sure. And the main character in one of these books is asked by somebody what it is he's most suspicious of, and he goes down a long list of things. But the last one is be wary of all earnestness. And I really believe that because earnestness is is different than sincerity. Mm-hmm. We all want to be sincere. We all want to be real. We all want to be congruent. But the truth is, Lois, that's very easy to fake. Yeah. So, Absolutely. you know, I, I'm paid to appear, right, earnest. Mm-hmm. And so that's what spokesmen do. That's what hosts do. That's right. what, right. So so look look beyond um, the performance and just be wary, yeah. you know. When things sound good, it doesn't mean they are. Right. Right? So find the hard thing and do it. Be wary of all earnestness. <laughs> and I, the best advice I ever got, it just occurred to me. I actually came from my, from my father years ago. And it's, and it's just one word. And it's duck. And I'm going to put that on my list, not because it's relevant at the moment to anyone, but because it will become relevant to everyone at some point. I was standing in the backyard as a boy, and there was a game of horseshoes going on. And a guy named Kevin Randallette threw the horseshoe, and it got away from him. And I was talking, I was talking to a, to a <laughs> kid named, named Charlie Baker. And my back was to Kevin and Charlie's sitting right where you are now. And from the distance, I heard a crisp, well-modulated, manly, baritone voice say, Duck! Now, what's interesting is I didn't know who the man was talking to. Right. But I recognized his voice as belonging to my dad. Mm-hmm. And while I had no reason to ignore him, I also had no reason to just randomly assume he was talking to me, but I did. And it's not because his advice was excellent. It's because it came from him at just the right time and at just the right moment. And so I ducked. And a second later, that horseshoe hit Charlie Baker square in the face and broke his nose and knocked out a tooth. It was horrible. So my dad still has a little bit of guilt from that, and I do too. But the but the moral of the story is <laughs> his nose or your head, right? <laughs> it's like the back of my head or the front of your face. <laughs> I mean, and you know, if my dad were here, he would say, "Look, I was saying as a general rule, Everyone everybody." <laughs> but but the thing is, if you don't know mm-hmm. the source of the advice, you're not going to duck, yeah, because you wouldn't assume it's being directed to you. Right. And so, somewhere on that piece of paper, I would try and articulate the importance of specificity. Mm-hmm. individuality, <laughs> timing, and luck. Sure. And because it's my last day on earth and because my entire body of work in your example has been retroactively erased from existence, <laughs> uh, I don't have a lot of time. So, right, I'm going to say 
Find the hard thing and do it. Be wary of all earnestness and duck. And if I had room left on the paper, I would I would probably write a quick note of thanks. Explaining. No, I would just oh. say thanks for the pen and the paper. Uh, it's nice knowing that even though this is all I'm going to leave behind, <laughs> that, you know, if I didn't have the pen and the paper, I, I would we'll have, have nothing. nothing. There you go. Um, I have one final question for you. Before I ask uh, the question, Mike, I want to acknowledge you for a moment for being an incredibly true, honest human being. <laughs> Thanks. This is the longest interview I've ever done. Really? I've ever done. I think maybe an hour 30 is usually about as far as oh, I'll ever go. We usually go about an hour, hour 15. You think you're going to use any of this? We'll use it all. Absolutely. <laughs> um, maybe there was one other one the same length, but I don't want to say it, ever. But it wasn't but as interesting. As it this. wasn't as interesting. Exactly. And uh, I want to acknowledge you for your incredible journey. I think your story is really impressive in the fact that you continue to follow your curiosity and um, be true to yourself. Everything you've done, you've been true to yourself or you've said, oh, that's not true to me. Let me go do what I want to do right now. Oh, I went to QVC three times. Like you continue to follow through and you're genuine and honest along your journey. And your contribution for your work is so meaningful to so many people that you're a great symbol of inspiration for what's possible. Thanks. For us. So I want to acknowledge you for who you are for our time together. I hope I get to ask you more questions in the future sometime. Anytime, Louis. Honestly, I've done a lot of these, and uh, you're you're awfully good at it. I appreciate it. And you're going to go, well, if you're interested, you'll go as far as you want to go. But good for you for breaking your wrist Mm -hmm. at a time. It's the greatest blessing. You know, uh, well, I mean, you could have. It was a nightmare, but yeah. yeah. You just never know. Never know. You know, there's, uh, oh, what is that? The uh, the road not taken, right? That's it. You never know. It's so tempting to look back and say, ah, let me tell you what the plan was. But the truth is, you Forrest Gump your way through your own career. Sometimes you break your wrist. Sometimes you're in a sewer. Sometimes you let somebody name your dog. Sometimes, (laughs) you know, you don't, you, you never know in the moment the impact of yeah. the thing That's until it. later. That's it. Um, you've got a podcast. It's in the top seven right now in the world of iTunes. <laughs> so congratulations. Thanks. Um, it's called The Way I Heard It. The, the Way I Heard It. The Way I Heard It. Yep. Mike Rowe. Make sure you guys download the podcast. Listen to the ads from either. I'm, I'm, I go check out bobblehead.com now because <laughs> of your, the way you explain it. I want to buy markers because of how you even promote your ads. It's amazing. Well, every every sponsor on the show is tied to my foundation. Yes. And so – Get back to that. That's, so that's great. It's, yeah. it's simple. Check out your Facebook page. It's just Facebook sure. slash Mike, Mike Rowe. Rowe. Yep. you got great content there. Twitter, same thing, Mike Rowe, right? Yeah, it's Anything? out there. They just aggregate it. You know? Sure, sure, I sure. can't do anything, as this interview proves, in 140 characters or less. Right. So the heck yeah, with yeah. that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I need more room, man. There you go. Go to Facebook. Go sure. everywhere. Follow you. Um, and the final question yeah. is, what is your definition of greatness? Um, I'm afraid we, we actually already talked about it. To a, Well, we kind of talked around it. But I think... I think it's that congruency. Mm-hmm. I, I I think it's I think it's a moment in a life when action, word, and intention all line up. It can be as simple in a in a dialogue, mm-hmm. you know, and communication is is hard. Everybody takes it for granted. It's easy. It's it, it's really hard. Yeah. But the, the 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 way you're nodding your head right now. When you're trying to make a point, 
and you make it the way you want to make it, and the person listening goes, I know what you mean, and you believe they know what you mean. Not just faking it. Yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. You know, it's it's such a it's such a simple, simple thing. But, you know, one of those one of those experts on the human condition said, um, it's probably Carnegie, all problems are communication problems. All problems are communication problems. So so to communicate effectively. Yep. On my way. No worries. See. All, We're all, literally at the last second. No, no, I'm, I'm literally right in the middle of explaining how all problems are communication problems, and we had a communication problem. There you go. I don't know. I mean, perfect if, timing. If you're looking for a way to end, the, if you're looking the, for a sign, the only better way to end the interview is with is with Mr. Fred. There you go. But yeah, awesome. man. Um, thanks for letting him oh, crash. He was great. Uh, I, I don't growls and all. I loved I him. Freddie's he's fierce. You're amazing. Well, Mike, I appreciate you, man. You're a legend. Thank you for everything. Thanks. Anytime. Appreciate it. Fred, any final words? Well, there you go. See? Two ears, <laughs> one mouth. I like it. With the call back and everything. Thanks. I appreciate it. You bet. There you have it, guys. A two-parter with Mike Rowe. I don't know if we've ever done another two-parter before, maybe with one or two other people. But again, I was fascinated with Mike and just wanted to continue asking the questions. Luckily, he had a lot of time and we were able to chat it out for a while as bros in his studio. So make sure to check out the full video interview, the full audio interview and the show notes at lewishouse.com slash 404 for this one. I appreciate you guys so very much. We've got some incredible guests coming up. We've got one of the best dancers in the world. His name is Twitch. He is a, a superstar, been in a ton of movies, and also the DJ for Ellen DeGeneres. We've also got Joshua Fields Milburn from The Minimalists. So if you are feeling hectic or chaotic in your life, or you've got too much in your space, learn about how to be a minimalist. We've also got Devon Franklin. Wow. This guy really uh, inspired me a ton. He wrote a New York Times bestseller called The Weight. And he has done, produced a number of big films. Also used to work with Will Smith as his intern early in his career. So got some interesting things there. We've also got one of the top spoken word poets in the world, Seiku Andrews, who's going to teach you how to become a better speaker, public speaker, and performer. And we've got the founder of CrossFit coming on, Greg Glassman. That's right. This one is big, guys. Super fun time with Greg. Jay Abraham, if you want to learn how to build your business and 10x your business. So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. The legendary godfather of strategic business marketing is coming on as well. Guys, an all-star lineup coming your way. If this is your first time here, make sure to subscribe to the School of Greatness on iTunes and also share this with your friends. Let me know what you think at Lewis Howes on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, everywhere online. 
And this podcast is for you, for peak performers looking to get more out of business and life. If you have someone that you would like me to interview, someone who is at the top of the world at what they do, someone who is a peak performer, who is inspiring millions, and you want me to get more out of them to share with you, then tweet me at Lewis Howes and let me know your recommendation. Also, if you want me to tackle any specific topics, let me know as well over on Twitter or send me an email, lewishowes.com on my contact form there. I'm so pumped, so grateful for you guys. Make sure to consume this information and then take action with it in your life to improve your life. You guys know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. This is BVK for Ocean City Tourism, OCMD, streaming audio. On March 11th, 2024, the title of the spot is STSA Leisure Summer. This is a 30-second composite stereo streaming audio mix. Get away with friends to the laid-back Maryland coast, where you can catch up while casting off and hang 10 while hanging out, where a day on board is never boring. Full throttle is half the fun. Where you can sink a putt, raise a glass, and there's always room for one more round. Ocean City, Maryland. Somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at oceocean.com. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.